you know, his contract situation up. Mm-hmm. He's no longer under contract. You know, he he's yes, he's got a two way. So um, as far as the NBA season goes, you know, he's still going to be available to the Spurs. Um, but once this season wraps, he is no longer a spur um, because he was just a, a one-year, two-year contract, so or a two-way contract, a one-year, two-way contract. Um, I think he has a future with this team. Um, definitely depends to the extent on what they do in the draft. Uh, we already know this team is way too heavy a guard as it is. There are decisions that need to be made on on um, you know, Brent Forbes what's going to happen with him, what's going to happen with DeMar DeRozan, um, what's going to happen with, with Marco at, at that two, three, four kind of yeah. position. Um, and and Quinn is is the, that fourth name. What's yeah. going to happen with Quinn Derry? Uh, I know a lot of people kind of talk about him as a point guard coming up and, and that's that, that well, if you, if you give Spurs fans what they want and you have DeJounte at the one, and you have Derek at the two, and that's your starting rotation, uh, then you can go ahead and have Quinn lead the second rotation. And that sounds great yeah. if if yeah. his role in Austin was to be point guard, and it wasn't. Yeah, You know, they did not run the offense through him. You know, uh, I think it was, was more Angel Rodriguez, you know, mm-hmm. started. Matt Farrell, when he was with the team, yeah. before the trade that we sent him out to – Northern okay. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, there's the other one. Is it Williams or, or Robinson? Yeah, Galen Robinson Jr. Robinson. Is, is the other point guard, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, yeah, Quinn didn't learn how to run a Spurs offense. He yeah, learned no. how to be a part of it. But yeah. he, so so he's more of a, of a two guard. Yeah, yeah. Um, he flashed a lot of potential because mm-hmm. that that 128 out point output, he followed up. You know, that was following a 26-point game. And I think his season high was 32, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken. Um, And that's with Keldon out there on the court with him as well. You know, so so he's not the main focal point of this team by any means. Um, I think that he should probably earn another another two-way contract. Um, I don't know if the Spurs are ready to commit to him moving forward. But like I said, if they do decide to go on a more – defensive heavy guard in this draft um then then Quinn might fall to the wayside you know yes he shows flashes but mm. um you know it, it really depends on what prospect they bring in and I've talked with Benjamin Bornstein um of Project Spurs about you know what his what what we could do um at at the 12 spot you know 10 11 12 in the draft, you know, if that's where the Spurs land in this lottery. Um, And he, you know, he he says, yeah, there's a lot of, it's it's heavy guards at the top. And I I wanna see another seven foot plus guy. I like big basketball players uh, because that's where we really need to help is in the post. We need to help on the boards and everything like that. And we're already guard heavy. And I I factor in already having Quindary Weathers. So, Moving forward, I'd like to have Quinn under contract. I think that's a two-way deal um, because of the log jam at the position. Um, there's going to be guys that have contracts coming up over the next two years. Lonnie Walker, uh, Patty Mills, Patty Mills. Mills making a decision, and that's and that's honestly who I think maybe you know he slides in for because, like you said, it's not going to be at the point guard position. Patty doesn't play point off the bench. He comes in with Derek White. You know, like he's 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 strictly there to score. <laughs> you know, a lot of people this summer were like, "Man, Patty's lightening it up. When are we going to get Pat, a FIBA Patty in San Antonio? 
well, we got it this year. Exactly. When you yeah. when you put him at his natural position at the two yeah. guard, yeah. do you get that kind of Patty Mills? He was like our third best player all season statistically. I think like you mm-hmm. know, he did work. He kind of fell off towards the second, like later on, his performance, his numbers started <coughs> going down a little bit. But I mean, that's maybe who Spoon comes in for once Patty's contract is up, which I think is like in two more years or after next season. I think it might be after next. After yeah, it next might season. be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if they decide to bring him back, that's probably who, where you could slide in. You know, is Brent Forbes gone at that point? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, if he can work his defense around, his three point potential is higher than that of Quinn. Mm-hmm. And if he is coming back, then maybe it is an opportunity. You know, if you do put Quinn under a contract for the next two years, maybe it is worth teaching him the point guard and let him run and, and teach, groom him to run the offense off the bench. Yeah. You know, so that then you do have that really solid one-two punch. Yeah. Um, moving forward, uh, that's I mean that's really what I'd like to see from him. Yeah. It, it just there, there's there's just so many things up in the air. I think that he earned a contract, and if mm-hmm. he doesn't get it from us, he's gonna get it. From yes, and that's what I'm afraid of. See, that's what I because I I, I kind of. I do believe in in him, right? Uh, there's something about how non-athletic athletic he is at mm-hmm. his size, and how strong he is, and how smart he is off the ball. Um, and I mean, obviously, he can shoot, and he can really find his way around the basket. I mean, he can finish. He can finish in all types of ways. He's just very smart. I mean, he's a four-year guy, right? All that stuff. Right. I, I feel like there's a value in him, and usually it's the Spurs who see the value in those type players. And and I would hate to see him already not you know you know bounce from our system because he's someone i feel like could mold into whatever it is we want him to mold into you know what i mean like he is that guy he's got the tools he's got the mindset he's got that dog in him as well and he's Mm -hmm. already building the chemistry with these other two young guys you know what i'm saying so it's just like someone i really want to keep around right and i think it was coach ahern in growing grounds that did speak Mm -hmm. to quindary weatherspoon and about how he came you know came to us from mississippi state as as a as a primary scorer that's what they asked him to do when the yeah. end, uh, you know, we asked a little bit more of more of him or a little bit less of him more to step in the background um, and become part of the system that is Spurs basketball. Um, he distributed very well. Yeah. Uh, he led the team in assists, if I'm not mistaken. He no, averaged, he uh, yeah, uh, he was just behind Galen Robinson Jr. stats wise, but both of them had five plus assists per game. Um, he is one of those double double potential guys, just you know, off off the guard position. So he flashes potential for the point guard moving forward. But um, the Spurs have to decide making an investment in him, mm-hmm. um, and and that that can speak volumes from how the team handles the draft mm-hmm. uh, whenever that happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. If, if if the Spurs take a guard in the first round, it, it's pretty much like, yeah, I don't, I don't see Quindary maybe, maybe sticking around. Yeah, well, yeah, that speaks to definitely. If they if they take a guard in the first round, then Bryn Forbes is all but gone. Yeah. Right. They're 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 because he's his contract is up. Yeah. They're not bringing him back. Um, which I think would be the greater travesty to watch him leave yeah. than it would oh, yeah. be to watch Quinn leave. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because oh, times 20, yeah, like, like there's, yeah. Right, like, I mean, Quinn, he's a more complete basketball player. He's better at defense and everything like that than Bryn Forbes is, but it's a three-ball NBA. Shooting, man, I know, and- I was like, shooting. <laughs> That's why Davis, <laughs> That's losing Davis was like, oh, you know, 
throws because yeah. it's like, dude, no matter how terrible he was in the playoffs on defense, you cannot shooting is the best asset in this league, and he was right. one of the best to do it all season. You don't just let him walk. Right, and, and and unfortunately, Davis, along with his defense disappearing, his offense disappeared down the stretch last year too, um, which it didn't help his case for coming back. But Sparty, you know, he he's an above forty-two. I think he's averaging right around forty-two percent as a career over four years. Mm-hmm. Um, why not bring that back? Yeah. Um, yeah. Except for when you look at it, he's undersized as a two guard. But I think that the big thing with him is the same thing with Patty Mills. We just had him at the wrong spot. Yeah, roll. Right? Roll. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he should not be starting. Mm-hmm. He should be coming off the bench. And lighting he, it up. Yeah. And light and light it up. And and, and and if he gets cold, you just send it right back down to the end of the bench. <laughs> no, it's no big deal. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so, and that's that's the value where having him and Quindary at the same time, um, does, because... If Sparty's not feeling it that night and Bryn's not feeling it that night, you send him down to the end of the bench, bring Quinn in, and you know you've got a complete basketball player out there, um, a guy who, who knows how to score and take over a game if he needs to, based on his time at Mississippi State. Like you, like you mentioned earlier, we saw flashes of it in Austin where he could take over a game. Um, and, and the repertoire, the relationship that he brings to the next level, having played with Keldon, um, like I said, I don't think Luca's going to be there quite yet, y'all. Mm-hmm. But um, Quinn and Keldon have a relationship to be able to build off of then um, in, in bench minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's kind of crazy to think about what the, there's so many things to think about with this season. It's not even funny. It's like, wait, are we going to get it? One. Okay, two. And then once it's all over, okay, what are we going to do with Marco? What are we going to do with Bryn? You know, what's DeMar going to do? Okay. And then once mm-hmm. all those things are done, now we have an image of, you know what, there is no place for Quinn and there's no place for like Luca or there is going to be, uh, you know, minutes for Quindary somewhere, you know, I don't know. So I, it's, it's just such a brain, a brain, uh, whatever. Anyways. Um, it's, a talk, it's a conundrum for sure. It's a conundrum. It's, it's mind bottling, you know, like when your mind's in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk a little bit about, about the good part of your article. And mm-hmm. uh, what I liked about it, um, there's a line in here that, that you wrote that you said you applaud them for understanding that the concept is the kind of content that fans want and it's transparency and the Spurs have operated under cloak and dagger and the Spurs way um, but non-contention doesn't buy the privacy that titles do especially in 2020 and I love that because I was like dude yes there has to be uh, some type of shift in the mindset of, of the content that we get and you know what I I loved this. I'd love to see more of this type of stuff, you know, as it evolves. But I feel like these young guys like Quinn, they're all on Instagram and they're all doing these things. I don't feel like they would object to being a part of content like this. And I feel like it's something we need to see more of moving forward. And we can't just stick in our old ways the way the way that you put it here. Uh, I totally agree. Right. Um, this is this is the age of, of brand imaging. It's the a it, where, where everybody everybody is their own brand ambassador yep. um, on Twitter that you know that creates a high anxiety society yeah. because you have to worry about your brand and what you put out there. But you know nobody understands that more than athletes, yeah. right? And, and that's why they take to it and they do these workout videos that they do mm-hmm. during COVID nineteen and everything like that. Um, they want to be a part of this, right? This is 
this is a hype video yeah. for your organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. like, and that's, and it's and free. That's, <laughs> right. And that's kind of what this should have been able to feel like. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they quite struck it, but mm -hmm. but again, my, my hat is off to them. I stand up yeah. standing ovation to the Spurs organization, whoever's in their marketing department for, for recognizing, you know, Hard Knocks kind of led the way with content like this, where yeah. we peel back an organization, you get to see the process, you get to talk yeah. to coaches, you get to be in, in meetings. Um, and for, we can't have that expectation of yeah. of the silver and black because they're not going to do, we're not going to get a meeting. So we're like, yeah. let's just accept yeah. that right now. We won't <laughs> see decisions being made. Yeah, nothing but, basketball related, really. Right, uh, you know, nothing to really see know too much of it but we did get like i said in my point too much of the coaches but we got to talk a lot about the process and what goes into that um i, I wanted more intimate moments mm -hmm. um it, it was like my favorite part of it all was Keldon riding around in the car yeah that was like that felt so intimate to me where it's you know uh, and you've got everybody doing it you've got carpool karaoke you've got yeah. coffee and comedians in the car you've got all this so like that spoke to like a, a real thing right now because yeah. you know he, he's just kind of relaxed yeah. you can see all the snacks that he has off to his side yeah. in the back of his vehicle <laughs> yeah and i'm like bro that's a lot of sugar there <laughs> um but you know he that level and i wanted that from everybody but we yeah. didn't get that from everybody yeah. you know we had the moments with um jeff ledbetter mm -hmm. and luka shamanich mm -hmm. uh in somebody's apartment it looked like shooting darts <laughs> yeah. um but it felt oh, very yeah. forced yeah you know that was that was forced kind like, yeah. it was like oh well we're you know hey guys so we're here doing doing the the conversation with the two of you guys just look like you're having fun hanging out around the apartment yeah i don't know that luka and jeff our friends yeah. outside of the court i think that jeff is more of a mentor and stuff like that but yeah. i don't see him hanging out like i do um you know luca and maybe kelvin hanging yeah. out you know the rookie yeah. trio i think that that's something that would feel a little bit more organic mm -hmm. um and, and that's and, and that's a lot to ask those spurs is organic right mm -hmm. because like I, and I, I said this you know was very heavy pr but mm -hmm. props to them or at least making a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, to the point that I did make, you know, the longer that this team does not win, the, the more need there's going to be to be transparent with this organization because the fans are going to have to feel hyped. Um, you know, if we, if we can't understand that there's going to be playoff basketball in San Antonio next year, yeah. um, you know, or that goes on for another year yeah. and another year. <laughs> um, you know, the, don't say it, Jonas. Then, then you have to, you know, then you have to start opening up because then it all just becomes, you know, a, a mob situation, right? Where mm -hmm. fans are like, what the hell is happening behind closed doors? What are you doing? Why do these kids not want to stay with us? Why can't we bring any free agents in? Why, you know, X, Y, Z, go up and down the shopping list. Um, and so transparency of hard knocks or something like that, teams at the bottom of the barrel opt into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm a diehard Browns fan. Uh -huh. And, you know, their their moments on hard knocks really, I felt, opened up, you know, the world to see this is not a completely dysfunctional organization. 
there's decisions that, that are made, you know, along the way and stuff like that. And uh, I think that helped people buy into the hype of the Browns a little bit more this last year because they got to know who Baker Mayfield was uh, during Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks, yeah. Um, and stuff like that. So uh, that's that's how it works for fan bases, mm-hmm. especially losing fan bases. It buys some faith because yeah. they feel like they know these guys. They feel like they understand the process that's being done. This we might need more of if the situation does not turn around. But even even if the Spurs start winning again, we still need more of this kind of content, yeah. right? Yeah. Go back to the 1990s, and, and, and this is the video that still you know makes its rounds around Spurs Twitter. Is when you had uh, Tim Duncan and you had uh, oh, Dick Robinson <laughs> and Sean Elliott playing playing StarCraft or whatever yeah. the hell it was, right? Like. Yeah. That's the stuff that fans want to know and feel mm-hmm. like that shows this is a team that's yeah. the behind the scenes, it's organic, yeah. it's fresh, yeah. all that stuff. Give it to us. We want more. Yeah, we want more. And and I think these young guys got to kind of take the reins with it. But you know what? It's like since, you know, the co- this COVID-19 has shifted a lot of things towards the future and whatever. This might just be one of those things because... I mean, what came out? What's come out during all this? The coffee gangs. We got Sean and Sean Elliott, and uh, who's he talking to? Oh, yeah, he's got that series going on with. Um, it wasn't Boris, was it? I don't remember. And Sean and no. someone else. So, anyways, they're, they're doing this yeah. like you know all this kind of exclusive content, <laughs> you know this behind the scenes type stuff. And the guys, I mean, the players do it with their social medias. If you follow them, they they do it very very spotty. You know, throughout their day, you know they're careful. You know they got the talk. You know, in the locker room about what they put on their social medias and whatever. Right. Um, but at the same time, we need more of it. We need more of just whatever it is they're gonna allow them to do. We need more of it, right? Get let us right. let us buy in. I love the comparison to Baker Mayfield because, like, I, um, I, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but you guys really bought into him and love just the kind of dog and the mindset that he had, even though it was a little bit like young and stubborn, but it was always in the right direction. You know what I mean? It was always like moving forward. That's at least my take from the beginning of last season you know what i'm saying like the beginning of it for the, for the most part cleveland still bought into him by the way okay but, good. but it helps because we feel like we know this guy yes right? exactly mm-hmm. that's what helps yeah. the situation yeah and that and the, that can benefit the spurs moving forward in today's era of, of, of people and what type of people are playing these this game for you now it's not mm-hmm. the people that were in the 90s or in the 2000s you know no it's it's going to be a new wave of person that we're going to be having on the court and we got to facilitate to those type of people you know so. right and they like to feel like they're stars mm-hmm. right um this is like mtv crib show off your organization and, and they want that stuff because that helps their personal brand that they take everywhere else and and if you want to talk about the importance of, of branding just look at you know danny green is now on the cover yeah. of gq magazines and stuff <laughs> like that right yeah. And and I understand that you know that, and that's that, that's been a talking point from from Spur that you know that from Spurs fans projecting on Spurs players mm-hmm. that the reason one of the reasons they leave our city is because they don't get attention they're not in the limelight they want more for their brand opportunities like this say that our organization has bought into you. Our fans can buy into you. We'll give you attention. We're gonna. We're not just gonna make you yeah. a spur on the court. We're gonna make you a spur off the court. You will yeah. be a local celebrity yeah. in San Antonio. We're gonna treat you. Like that. Yeah. 
and they do a good job. They do it with, you know, putting them in places to, you know, do do signings or, you know, an H-E-B commercial or whatever. Right, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. But that's all PR. Yeah, right? that's all PR. Like, that's like not content. Putting, You're right. Right. Yeah. Even even putting Derek White, you know, he, he did a, a stop at the wing stop over here on my side of town. Right. I'm in the northwest side. Uh, it was back in like February or whatever. And he, he was at a wing stop. A wing stop sponsors the Spurs. Yeah. And he was just doing an autograph situation. What, what felt real? was when DeMar DeRozan opened up his comp 10 oh, line yeah. up out, out at the that rim. Mm-hmm. And he, and like out of nowhere, he had Rudy Gay out there. Yeah. And these guys just showed up. Yeah. That felt that was, real, yes, yes. but it wasn't Spurs led. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That yeah. wasn't done by the silver mm-hmm. and black. No. That was done by DeMar DeRozan's people. Yeah. So if the Spurs can hop on this train, because mm-hmm. that, like I said, this is not, they, they were spot on with reading the temperature of Spurs fans and, mm-hmm. and for the rap yeah. that they get for being so far out of tune, they still mm-hmm. won't give us Fiesta jerseys. They yeah. still won't, you know, <laughs> yeah. they still won't let the guys just run yeah. up and down the court. All yeah. these other things, they nailed it with this. Yes. But we still need more. This is yeah. this is a step in the right direction. Yes. Give us a little bit more of it because we want to know our team and our players. Absolutely. Jonas, thanks for dropping by, man. And why don't you tell everyone that's watching right now where they can find you and where they can read all your stuff. I appreciate it, Roberto. Um, uh, at Jark Clonus on Twitter. Uh, it's right here in my little name tag, if you all can see that. At Jark Clonus on Twitter. Um, and at Project Spurs. Um, I have right now with COVID-19 going on, I have stories coming out every other uh, Tuesday, Wednesday-ish. Um, and you know, once we can get back to the world picking up, um, and the news cycle speeds back up, you know, we'll try to get that out weekly. But on Project Spurs, um, you can just search in the search bar, uh, Jonas Clark, um, which is my name, and, and find all the stories that I've written. You know, one on uh, DJ Boston, Eubanks. Uh, we just got I just got done publishing out with uh, Michael DeLeon on Project Spurs to put out the year in review for the Austin Spurs. So check that out. Make sure to go check out everything that Jonas got going on, guys. Uh, Spurs Nation, uh, thank you for tuning in and stopping by. You can, my name is Robert Trejo Jr. You can find me at Bucking Spurs on across all social medias and uh, on anywhere you get your podcasts or YouTube. All right, so thank you, Spurs Nation, for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun, Jonas. We got to do this again, man. Let's do it. All right, go Spurs, go. Go Spurs, go. All right, man. tickets for me and family to go to the game and we were buying our tickets everything like that and um we were gonna buy some good you know up there seats and uh at H-E-B center that's only like 35 bucks and if yeah. people aren't going to austin spurs games it's yeah. their fault right yeah. because <clears throat> yeah you get to meet these players you get to see these players uh these are guys who within a year or two right are going to be in yeah. san antonio yeah um and it, an amazing experience but you know there's drinks there's food uh you're gonna meet the gm you're gonna meet the coaches there's gonna be like a whole little 
get together kind of thing. And you'll, you'll, you'll be out there at, uh, you know, courtside for warmups and um, coach will come by and meet everybody. So at that point, that's when I got to, you know, get in contact with Landry Fields, just, just kind of in passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I already knew. Yeah. Right, I knew who the guy was. Yeah, uh, he he gave a talk to you know the prospective season ticket holders and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But you know this, so this weekend he's doing a thing where there's there's just the website. It's called like the Coaches Clinic. They're doing free registration um, for you know basketball coaches or anybody kind of in that realm interested in learning more about um, you know anything from attacking a two-three zone defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what the advantage is are you know in in different gaming game scenarios Mm -hmm. but uh landry was there to speak more on the side of player development Mm -hmm. and leadership and landry fields you know and i I talked about it you know uh i think it's in a bad section of of my piece where you almost had the heads of the organization talking too much oh okay Uh, yeah they quoted him like at 12 minutes or right or something yeah (laughs) yeah out of like the 40 minutes of overall stuff you give the coach, you know, we're, we're there to kind of hear from the players and stuff. Like, and 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 I didn't break down all the math and all the numbers, but a lot yeah. of the a lot of the series was highlights. So yeah. They're just showing game tape and stuff like that. In my opinion, one of the one of the bad sides of it was the players did not talk enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. you know, so Landry Fields had a, had a large presence throughout that, and oftentimes it was just hearing them talk about you know the approach of the of the Austin Spurs, the approach of the G League, and how the overall goal. You know, he says this multiple times, is developed not just with the player, but the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, that relates to our conversation here because we're talking about, you know, again, Lonnie Walker kind of is developing as the person. You know, he's already the player. He is the, yeah. he, they were, that whole first year was to get him ready for the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this coming from Miami, you know, and coming from Reading, Pennsylvania, um, you know, this, all right, the, the show is yours. You are our new rookie. You're the star. You're going to have to get ready to talk to the media. Yeah. Is, we're going to do this all in less, you know, in light pressure situations. You're going to have to talk to the media. You're going to have to get used to playing against another level of talent and get used to our system. Um, but what all the stuff that take, you know, comes into it from the preparation side and everything like that. And we even got a, you know, glimpse of that from Keldon's journey. Oh, you know, yeah. through through growing grounds where they're kind of had him in the backseat of the car and they're talking to, to him on his way to the game and, you know, about what's it like, you know, being in Austin and, and it kind of is it a disappointment, yeah. right? And and he, and he didn't sound like that, right? Yeah, no. But at the same time, he didn't sound as enthusiastic about <laughs> it, it as Lonnie did either. Yeah. You, know you know what? I kind of picked up on that on Keldon. I kind of picked up on that in his, like, I, I think he maybe had only one training camp media availability media day availability like during mm-hmm. af- after practice or whatever and he did not he he was he was he did not he was not excited he was just like yeah he's like you know i'm i'm gonna do what i what i what i do out here and you know just whatever the coaches want me to do he's like that's what i'm gonna do but i think he felt i i the sense that i got was that he felt like he was competitively ready to play like you right. know that, that he was competitive ready to play at this level even though he was okay with going through the process Right, and mm-hmm. and you really don't come from a, a program like Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And expect yeah. to be playing in the G League, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that goes to him, but we all kind of know the Spurs' way is a, is a lot of Kool Aid, right? Mm-hmm. You have to really believe in yeah. this system yeah. because and everybody has to drink the same Kool Aid. 
the and it, you know it's got the same level of sugar it's got everything nobody is treated differently yeah um and you really just kind of have to buy in mm -hmm. so Keldon sounds like a guy and i don't know you know they don't put dates on any of this footage so we don't know if it's from yeah. early on in the season or or later on um uh, but i can tell you from, from social media quotes uh and yeah. videos that he's put out there you can tell progressively he was drinking that kool-aid over the course of the season oh, yeah. that's what he needed to do yeah you know uh there's there's no better uh voice for the austin spurs than Derek white yeah right they do want a title with the team sure yeah. that helps you know winning the title with them in 2018 but he too was a first overall pick. You know, his his journey was a lot different yeah. than Kelvin Johnson's, a lot yeah. different than Lonnie Walker's, right? But um, they, and to use another Landry quote here, where, you know, he said, this set the precedent. You know, it was really DeJounte, it was Bryn, um, and you can even go yeah. back it, and you know, it was, it was Simmons, it was Kyle yeah. Anderson. Yeah. He goes all the way back to Danny Green. Right. Kojo. These players, yeah. Yeah. these players all set the precedent as to why this is successful, yeah, um, and why we go about things this way. Mm -hmm. Again, it, yeah, you know, not to, to harp on the guy, and we can definitely move past him, but it just sounds to me like Chemezi Metu hasn't quite drinking that Kool-Aid, or if he did, it didn't sit right. So then the Spurs, you know, again, be, being a contract situation, they have to make a decision: is this guy going to be a Spur, or is he not? Based on that quote we brought up. Mm. I, I don't know what his future holds in this organization. I truly don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, let's move on. I, <laughs> let's talk about just kind of the overall rookie. Um, I, I like that you're, I like how you put it where it's like, yeah, it's all these guys. They advocate that this is a positive thing. And I totally agree. Uh, it's obvious. It's, there's no arguing against it. Right. It's just like, this is a positive um, process and experience that is only going to make the longevity of these young players careers even longer. Right. And, then, right. And, and that's just all that this is, you know, we're not trying to, to max you out on year one, you know what I mean? And, and, and whatever we're, we're in it for the long haul. Um, now I totally think that Derek White's, you know, time over there was, was necessary and his was more for skill development and, and preparing him to be a point guard for the Spurs. And Lonnie's, like I said before, was a little, a little bit of both. It was a little bit about, you know, him building the confidence himself in his body and then also learning the system and all that type of stuff. Now this year, this year now I, that's why I kind of understand that Keldon was a little bit upset because to me the proof is like I don't have to I, I was like the only guy at the beginning of the season saying that you know Luca and Keldon didn't need to go to Austin now, mm -hmm. I, I, I was very at I even though I, I, everyone thought I was bash, bashing Austin no no it's like I love what we do down here but I felt like they were ready um, to compete at this level and it turns out that sure that they they also needed the development but a lot of people think that it's either or and it's like it's no it's like they can develop in san antonio too not playing a damn minute they can be in practice every day competing for patty against patty mills and all these guys every day earning their keep every you know in san antonio so and i felt like this year at the end of the season i mean it's kind of like in the pudding we sucked we were not good you know we needed a little bit of more of something right we needed more Keldon. i was saying that we needed Everyone want, didn't think Keldon can play for us because he couldn't shoot a three, you know, whatever, in the first, like, two or three months of the season. Yeah, no, Keldon still needs to work on his offense. I'm like, no, he has what we need. We need the juice, you know? I was like, and mm -hmm. Keldon brings the juice. That's, I don't know. I kind of feel like at the end of the day, ironically, we needed them more than they needed Austin this year. And I can see that. Um, 
I would just say that, especially especially between Keldon and Luca, Keldon was the more ready product. I mean, hands down. Yeah. Um, again, where he comes from and everything like that. But you look at their performances in Austin, um, and that's where you know they just. I'm on the other side from you, man. I'm saying yeah, a lot of people just, are. <laughs> they, just, people are. <laughs> they just weren't yeah. ready, you know. Yeah. Uh, looking at it, Keldon, I, I understand that he has three point potential. He shot under. He shot right around twenty five percent from Austin mm-hmm. on the season. He he, what he brings, like you said, it's kind of like that it factor. Yeah, it is right. Yeah. It's really just energy. It's excitement. And for me, I saw it in Summer League. I didn't need to see any more from Keldon from than what I saw in Summer League that to know that he can be competing for minutes. And I know the Spurs way would never give it to him year one. I understand all this mm-hmm. stuff. I understand the Spurs way and the culture and, and mm-hmm. the positivity around everything. Um, I just feel like this year might have been the, the, the exception. You know and what the I'm only, saying? The only reason why I think that it becomes even more important for – for Keldon to have spent um, this last year in Austin was because of all the contract evaluations that needed done at the at the San Antonio level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's a three four. You know, that that kind of fits right in there with a Demar Derozan spot. Um, that's where Lonnie's a two three. Um, so you already got get a little bit heavy at the small forward position right you've, you've got a log jam there yeah um so then what i mean what are we going to put him out there as, as, a, as a power forward then um i mean maybe maybe trey miles was our five for a lot of the season he was you know but i mean you've got to figure again the decisions that need made at that four you know mm-hmm. in terms of drew eubanks timezi metu these other guys so what what Kelvin's time in Austin was, and really to me, was just a master's course yeah. uh, on the book side of things of yeah. learning the Spurs system. So that's why he was brought up to San Antonio a lot. Like, and that's one of the things they did really well, I mm-hmm. think, to uh, in the documentary Going Grounds or the docu series. Yeah. Um, and I usually was definitely <laughs> it's definitely a PR move. You, yeah. It felt heavy from the PR and, department. And I want to talk to you about all that too, about just the, the fact that we got this content in, in, in general a little bit later. But go ahead, go ahead. Go sure. Ahead. Um, you know, and it definitely felt heavy that way. Mm. But it did speak a lot to how they use these guys going back and forth, what the importance of the proximity between Austin and San Antonio is, and why they chose a city like Austin yeah. um, to house the, the Spurs G League um, affiliate. Because what we don't get to see every day is how much time, you know, Coach Blake Ahern of Austin spends in San Antonio at Spurs practices, right? Yeah. Talking to Coach, talking to, you know, talking to Becky, talking to Timmy about what they're doing there so he can prepare and bring it back down to San Antonio uh, from from San Antonio to Austin and Mm -hmm. and start while they're not teaching the system they teach the building blocks to some of the things that they'll start doing at that next level Mm -hmm. um you you know you definitely water it down and try to get these guys on board with that Mm -hmm. um so that's very important you know even though we don't see uh you know so much of, of Kelvin and Drew around San Antonio um you know, they've earned enough with this team to become part of Coffee Gang, right? Mm-hmm. As we've gotten to see in, in the viral videos, you know, during the COVID-19. 
quarantines. And so, you know, they've definitely spent time. That means with Patty, with Rudy, with Bryn, um, these other members of that to where, yeah, and that just comes from practices, right? We don't know that they're at practice together, but they are at practice yeah. together. And so mm -hmm. the, the, the growing grounds really did a lot for me to mm -hmm. really show how much they really do spend time together as an organization yeah. Yeah. of the Spurs, not just Austin and not just San Antonio. So that's really key, you know, in the development of all of these guys. Yeah. No, yeah, I love I love I love that too. And and you're absolutely right, man. I mean like I can I can write you a list on all the positives that I think that are great about Austin and, and that's a huge one. The one that the the village the, that that these young guys get to build these bonds. You know, and, and I, I I thought, you know, going into the summer league <laughs> when I started seeing pictures of Luca, KJ, and Quindary in Vegas, you know, hey, you know, whatever, together. I'm like, dude, yes. I'm like, that's what we need. That's what Spurs was. The Spur, the Spur, the big three, they were about this bond between the players. You know, I'm like, you know what? Great. Now what it just excites me to see that, you know, for the future we have we have this growing. You know, I mean we have that right. bond growing and off the court and in the friendships, you know, like the friendships are building. You know, the connections are, are, are you know, because it all trend in the Spurs way, that's just how it is. You know, we're about bigger, we're about being bigger than basketball on right. an intellectual level. And, and that serves us on all, all, all aspects of life on the court as well. And, right. um, and uh, you know, I think that that's something that's, that, that was a big pro of them being there. And I, I don't want it to say like, I, I, them not, them being in Austin this year was not beneficial for them. I know, I know it was, you know, they, they got a hell lot better. I love what they did with Luca. I mean, <laughs> you can go back in my film rooms that I did on, I did, I did, or I already finished all three, the, our draft picks from last year. Um, mm -hmm. And I love what they did with Luca in in the G League. They had him like being that stretch that they need him to be in yes. the NBA. And and it didn't matter how well he did it. They just made sure he got the clicks and the opportunities consistently in the games. To because I mean, when you a lot of people like to say, oh man, he didn't shoot that well from the three, and it's like no, he took a lot of shots. <laughs> like he mm -hmm. took a lot of shots. It really doesn't matter how well he shot it this year. It's the fact that he's finding those spots. He's getting comfortable in shooting those spots because he's going to get a lot of those in San Antonio. And, and so it was the same thing with Keldon, you know, and, you know, so it was, it was positive. It was positive. The, the one thing, you know, especially with Luca, and, and this did come up in the, in the growing grounds as well was, you know, where, where even though he was coming from overseas and ready to rock and roll, um, he did understand you know, after it got through a couple months of it, uh, of playing in Austin, where he's like, there was a lot of things I needed to just learn. Yeah, yeah, you know, this yeah. is a totally different game over here. And that's what made Keldon a better prospect overall, too, was because um, he already understood American basketball, yeah. right? Where it's just, just different fast pace, mm -hmm. it's more offensively focused, everything like that. But there was times where Luca and, and Luca brings, because of his, you know, everything that he has like you said he's that real stretch that you need in today's nba yeah. he can handle to an extent um he can hit from all levels of the floor yeah uh, i think that he you know as far as him as a prospect he still needs to be a bit more aggressive mm -hmm. and he understood that and we got to see him develop that throughout the year yeah. the three point did develop um and a lot of it too was just confidence yeah you know just finding his fit finding his energy um to lock in it's a lot more aggressive game um 
And for being a young kid, it has a lot to do with just adjusting to leaving home and like being away from everyone and just adjusting to the culture right. and lifestyle. Yeah. At 19 years old, mm -hmm. and he's moved across the world, yeah. you know, from all of his family and all of his friends. Um, you know, the, the seven turnovers a game yeah. needs to come down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but that's only going to come with work. So, you, you know, know but if he's getting seven a game, that means that the coaches are like telling him, you need to be doing this. You need to keep right. doing it. Do it better. You know, this is, we, let's work on it. Let's, but you're going to have to be a facilitator at this position. You know what right. I mean? When you come to San Antonio. So it's like, yes, learn, learn the spacing, learn how the spacing is different in this game and that. And it takes adjusting. And it was just, like you said, it was, he's so intellectual. A lot of it is, like you said, it was just him learning like him just figuring everything out like, okay this is how we do it here okay and then he right. just, and then he figured it out and, and he really embraced all that you mm -hmm. know um and i think that you know given the, if it projects that way because in addition to his game his frame needs a lot of weight mm -hmm. to it yet um to really compete at the next level but because uh, he looks scrawny very scrawny yeah you, you can tell like he's a big dude but when he when he goes into the paint like you can tell, even in the GV in the J in the G League level, mm -hmm. he needs he needs to bulk up and just yeah, get a little bit stronger. And he'll add some mass, you know. It just comes again with <laughs> yeah. with, with some training right. over here, and um, and I trust our trainers to get him up and going. But um, he'll he'll figure it out. But I would be surprised if he goes to San Antonio before January next year, assuming the season starts on time. Um, I would be surprised if he doesn't start the first couple, you know, two to three months in Austin, mm -hmm. um, because it's going to be his team at that point. You know, yeah, we're going to bring in another rookie here, but Keldon, he'll get, he'll get the Lonnie treatment. He'll get brought up, even though his minutes might be restricted at first. Yeah. yeah. Then it's about just continuity, 24 seven NBA lifestyle. Um, Luca's going to get brought along a little bit slower. Yeah. That's a good point. And that's something that people, if anyone's listening to this, just, be ready for that. <laughs> when, when I he know comes we want right? to see him. Yeah. I know we want to see him. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he was our 19. He wasn't even 29. He was yeah, 19. Yeah. Um, you know, so we got him before we picked up Keldon. Yeah. But but that's that speaks more to the potential that yes. he has and not the actual talent he had coming out. Yeah. Um, so good things come to those who wait. Yeah. We got to wait a little bit longer on him. Yeah, yeah, because he's 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 the guy. He has the potential to be the guy for us, or at least the second guy for us. You know, what I mean, at least like he can just do it all, and he's so athletic. Right. He it's time if he can ever like master defensive timing to affect plays when he's not directly in the play. If you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. Um, if he can ever master that, and he will, I'm sure he will. He's super smart. Um, he's gonna be a hell of a two way player. He's gonna be a hell of a tour, and that's something people don't even understand now because he's not there yet. But you know, everything he does offensively, obviously, like you said, he just he can do it all. What I love the most is when he when he grabs that board and he just takes off and beats everyone down the floor and jams it on someone. Yep. And if you have someone who can do that, the four position and maybe in a small ball in a small ball five roll, that really speeds everything up. I mean, that really just says like Lonnie Brin, PJ Go. You know what I mean? Because he's got we're, we're this, and he's and he's got the ability and the and the overall awareness yeah. to pass it off to somebody running with him, um, with ease, yeah. with ease. And you know, it, it, with Luca's development, that's going to be, in my opinion, the greatest element of having Coach Duncan on the sidelines there. 
because we already got to see how Jakob Pertl's game grew and Trey Lyle's game grew just by having Timmy on the side. And, 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 and you saw, you really saw his influence yeah. over the course of a year of them working on each other this whole time in practice. Luca, with what he carries potential for this organization moving forward, mm-hmm. uh, you've got a coach then in, t- in, in Tim who knows how knows those expectations mm-hmm. and can and can relate to him on that level. Like, yeah, you're number nineteen. I was number one overall. Okay, <laughs> one uh, not not to not to you know, not to one up you, yeah. but I but what I understand is that you know um, this is what needs fixed. Yeah. Right. And, and so and I can speak to you one on one on this level. Um, you know, they both did have very similar builds. Marcus is a little bit bigger mm-hmm. of, a, of, a, of a four or five. He's heavy. He's stocky. He's he- yeah, he's yeah. heavy. Yeah. You know, whereas whereas Timmy was kind of that you know, longer, you know, mm-hmm. thinner frame that, that you mm-hmm. see in Luca. So um, not to say that that's, you know, the benchmark for Luca is Tim mm-hmm. Duncan because that's yeah. unfair. Yeah. Um, but as far as you know, what kind of game to expect from the guy, mm-hmm. it really helps to have an NBA Hall of Famer yeah. on the bench coaching you at your position and you're 19 years old. Yep. Hey, before we talk about uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, just real quick, uh, uh-huh. for your article. Well, we touched we touched already on a lot of it. Um, I want to touch a little bit on the content side, but before let's kind of like finish talking about some of these rookies. Let's talk about Spoon really quick, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, man, I went to the, – the one game I did get to see this year in Austin was against uh, the Greensboro Swarm. Okay. And I don't know if you remember that game, but Quinn went off. I think he ended up with like 30 – Sounds right around oops. January, Yes, right? yes. Okay, yeah. yeah it was yeah. right around January. He, he went off, and they, they went to overtime or double overtime in that game. He ended okay, up with like 38. Was... I was at that game. Where the guy uh, got I thrown out on the, yeah. on the, yeah, I, I was, was there at too. that game. Okay. Was awesome. <laughs> dude, what a game. Like, what a game, dude. To see Quinn just dominate like that and Keldon make all the right plays on the defense at, at the end of the stretch, at the end stretch of the game, to mm-hmm. cause those turnovers that he caused. And for like Drew to come up big and Shemezi to come up big, dude, I, that was an awesome game. But I mean, obviously, Quindary was a standout, if, if you ask me. And do you think that, you know, next, I, I mean, you know more about, like, his contract situation. Um, do you see him taking a role, like, eventually or, or with the Spurs? Maybe, maybe after another year in Austin. Well. You know, uh, the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's great, dude. It's one of my favorite places on earth, man. San Antonio. There's something in the air, man. I know. I just, I just, I love it over there. So I'm glad. I'm glad you're. Enjoying. Did you, do you get to go to Cedar Park or no? Uh, yeah. No, I still go. I went up to. Um, I want to say about four or five games this year. Okay. Cool. Um, I was up at the home opener. I went there as a, as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get that side of the experience, and it was actually after that game that uh, Michael DeLeon had hit me up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I know you, the work you did with Ticket 760, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, um, do you want to write for us? Cover the Spurs. Mm-hmm. I'll get you, you know, media passes and stuff like that. I'm yeah. like, yeah, dude, I'm in, you yeah. know. Uh, and if you can't tell, <laughs> command, commander's flag behind me, you know, uh-huh. I, I love professional sports. Yeah. You know, but 
I think that there's something to be said about the development side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not I'm not a college guy. I'm really not a college yeah. guy. There's way too many teams, way too many players. Yeah. Uh, different like, like like schools yeah. are on different levels, but for mm-hmm. the most part, as you start to weed it down to the professional side of things, they become yeah. more and more talented, more even keeled. Yeah. And then it's about player acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I love the development side of it. So the minor yeah. league sports yeah. are like my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So commanders football, you mm-hmm. know, where you're taking guys from this college, this college, and they're all giving it their all every week because they're fighting for that next opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is awesome. And so that's yeah. one of the appeals to covering the Austin Spurs for Project yeah. Spurs is about you know having that opportunity to watch these guys go out there because yeah you have your you have your your Keldens, you have your Lucas, you have your Lonnie's, your first round picks out there yeah. and they're they're almost guaranteed to make it to the next level. Yeah. They're already on a pro contract so technically they're there. Yeah. Um but then you've got your other guys. Yeah. You know, uh Drew Eubanks, a two-way yeah. contract. Spurs took a flyer on on him, you know, 6 foot 9 center coming out of Oregon State. Yeah. Like what the hell, you know? Um, and yeah. so to watch him, you know, yeah. develop his game, yeah. and 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 he's really he's he has on. to work for mm-hmm. his opportunity. Um, you know, that's awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like you know mentorship is a big thing for me. So mm-hmm. you know, and I know we'll dive into the series here, but mm-hmm. one of the one of the high I know my my analysis it was rather critical of the series, but when you look at you know situations like Jordan Green. And Jeff yeah. Ledbetter, yeah, and how how they're there, you know, yeah, to kind of earn their own, but mm-hmm. they they almost recognize they're no longer going to make it. You know, they might they might get a flyer on an an, an NBA team, you know, Jeff Ledbetter coming in just as a role player to nail threes, but the dude's like I think he's what twenty eight years old. Yeah, you know, yeah. if if you really haven't made it by this point, it's kind of tough to argue if you ever will. Yeah. Um, so he relies on, you know, uh, and, and, and something that, you know, a potential working story I have, you know, for this league is really looking at these guys and how COVID-19 has impacted their opportunities overseas. Yeah. You know, Jeff Ledbetter yeah. is normally one of those guys. Yeah. By the time, by this point of the season, G League would already be done anyway. Mm-hmm. So he's playing in Mexico. He's playing mm-hmm. in Spain. He's playing in China or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, so he's missing out on his paycheck. Yeah. Um, but those kinds of guys, you know, they're they're really on in Austin, not to really earn a shot with San Antonio. Yeah. But to mentor these guys, bring them along, um, yeah. and really show because if you have guys like uh, one of my favorite Austin Spurs players, Dedrick Lawson. Yeah. You know he wasn't he wasn't. He had a he had a great year, man. He had an awesome year. He had a and, great and year. Everything that really should have been expected from. A highly touted player coming out of Kansas. He was great mm-hmm. when he played at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I don't know how a guy who averages twenty four and twelve in college does yeah. not get drafted. Yeah. But um, you know, he really flashed and showed what he could do uh, at the next level um, with us. And I'm really hoping that he earns a shot at the NBA with the Spurs. Maybe, maybe he's a two-way contract next year because all of our two-way contracts are clear now. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. one of the things yeah. that lots of people don't, don't, mm-hmm. they kind of overlook is Quindary Weatherspoon. He was only a one-year, two-year, a one-year, yeah, two-year on contract. Yeah, second round, yeah. So he's done. Yeah. So he's <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got to make a decision as to whether we're going to bring him back at all or try mm-hmm. to. Mezzi, uh, you know, I understand he's on a full, ter- he's on a full contract, but it's non-guaranteed. Yeah. 
none of his money is guaranteed moving forward. So yeah. the longer they wait to keep him on the roster, you know, I think he carries maybe like like fifty thousand or whatever becomes guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know how they're going to play these contracts now, but like fifty was due in June. Yeah, you know, coming up, and then if he's on the on the roster in October, still, it's fully guaranteed at that point. Mm-hmm. So we have a decision to make on him. Drew Eubanks, his contract is clear. Yeah. So between him and Quinn, there goes your two two way contracts. Yeah. Maybe Deidre Lawson earns his. Yeah. You see that? That's that's interesting, and that's kind of <laughs> I wanted to bring it up later, but let's just talk about it now. Um, Mezzi's quote in Growing Grounds, and mm-hmm. I, you know, that that could have. You know, I, I anyone could have took that a, a few different ways, and I think it, it did definitely sound a little bit salty. And I think if you're if they're the Spurs, you know, you're you see a guy like Dedrick Lawson, and you're like, hey, like this dude is just doing it all. He can hit three, he shoots threes, he can get you down low. He's smart. He's not a terrible defender, a little slow, but he's okay. You know, and but and then he's, and then you got a guy like Drew, and then you got. And Chemezi also. And Chemezi was the guy who, I mean, he didn't get his, he sounds salty about not getting his shot. Maybe when, when all the bigs went down, he's just like, man, I don't understand, but I'm going to put my head down and go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he did say that too. And, and that's good. I think in your article, you wrote like, um, you wrote, did the, did the editors of the video of Growing Grounds let it slip? <laughs> or, and I started thinking, I was like, man, dude, someone got fired. <laughs> or <laughs> oh like or did was it like the Spurs letting that go so the message also gets out there that not are we just developing players but if you know like we don't care about you know what you want you know we're gonna do what's best for you and what's best for the team and you're gonna earn your chance to earn it and to me I mean Chemezi played earlier on in the season I don't think a lot of people remember that a lot of people just try to focus on like okay when the bigs went down he didn't really get called up and then mm-hmm. he went he went nuts in Austin and started averaging 20 20 games or whatever um right. t- took it personally but he did get a little bit of run earlier on in the season if i'm not mistaken maybe maybe it was just like two or three games but um i think that was his opportunity you know what i mean so it's just like you can't you can't just you got to be ready for him if, if if it's just on my end right um so so on Shemezi, you know i think yeah you're right you know Throughout the beginning of the season, he was one to receive the majority of the call-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Kelvin even got called up until maybe some point in mid-December. Um, Luca and Quinn only got theirs after the New Year struck. Yeah. Um, Drew was getting a little bit, but go back to the contract you know, discussion you and I were having, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A decision needs made on these two guys. Mm-hmm. So Chemezi had his opportunity, and in that same vain when Chemezi was in San Antonio early on in the year Drew was in Austin showing what he could do yeah so I think they were evaluating them both on both levels yeah. and they just passed each other like trains in the night yeah. where now it was Drew's opportunity when the yeah. big, now it just so happened that at that time the bigs went down and and they needed the big help yeah you know in San Antonio and and look at the same opportunity and, and arguably Chemezi got more of an opportunity uh, than Drew did even though Drew was playing in San Antonio when Drew was playing in San Antonio that's when the rookies got called up there too mm-hmm. so Keldon is no longer you know uh, Chemezi is no longer competing with Keldon for ball touches and stuff like that Yeah. Um, so he's getting his real opportunity to shine there mm-hmm. I think that what it speaks to is that was the organization's attempt to really evaluate Drew at that point yeah 
because Messi is already signed to the Spurs, so mm-hmm. he carries a three million dollar commitment mm-hmm. um, for this next year. So they don't even have to sign him. That's money already budgeted. Drew's the one they have to make a decision on. So they, yeah. they really need to see, okay, what do you look like um, at the NBA level? How can you help us out? Mm-hmm. But that quote, it, it, he, it, it sounds like he is salty. You know, just to read it back, you know, you just got to put your head down and work really obviously. You're going to get frustrated at some points. Sometimes you might feel like you're not getting what you deserve or what you're working for, but nobody cares. You just got to keep going and hopefully it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. Ideally, kind of what we've heard, heard in the past is first players don't care. Mm-hmm. It, you would not even hear a, mm-hmm. first, a, a quote where somebody even felt like they could say, sometimes <laughs> you feel like you're not getting what you deserve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because because those are the kinds of players where that I mean that's a that's that's like a Kawhi Leonard yeah sentiment right man I'm not getting treated right in this locker room yeah. you know they're having players only meetings Tony's coming out and talking about my injury I'm feeling slighted this to me sounded like Chemezi feeling slighted yeah and that's where I wait you know yes there's some positive in there mm-hmm. um which is which just makes me wonder if the editors overlooked. Mm-hmm how that quote really sounds mm-hmm. because it sounds like yeah. he's disgruntled with how the organization is handling his career yeah because if, if you if you read it you can be like oh yeah he's just saying that hey man you got to come in here and get to work and hopefully you know good things happen but when you hear it and you see it he's like you know right. I, you know just you know it is what it is and you know i, I kind of feel for mezzi a little bit and, and let me tell you why last year he, he he got an injury at the end either at the end of the last season or right before summer league so he missed summer league mm-hmm. right and i went to that summer league just as a fan too and i mean i was doing my my spurt my coverage whatever and the game against toronto i mean they, they had a, they played in a bunch of games but the one that i saw was the one against toronto where lonnie walker went off for 32 24 like in the half and and, and whatnot and drew was there and that the thing is when we're i was there sitting i'm like drew totally won me over watching him, really he just totally i was just all about this guy the way he communicated the way he defended the way he w- wasn't scared to get in the other guy's face he got a technical for punching a guy in the nuts in that <laughs> game straight up you can probably go look at the highlights you see it but he, he gives him like a little like cheap uh, one of those but it's like hey man it's summer league you gotta you know everyone's feeding for them uh, fighting for themselves out here but mm-hmm. at the same time man i saw what what he could become and to me, I always say he's like a poor man's Jakob. And I mean that in, in no slight at all. Um, he does what he does very well. And and it shows in these growing grounds how big of a, a part of the team he is, personality-wise. And and just, I mean, he's in the coffee gang uh, crew with the Spurs, you know, when, when, he's, mm-hmm. when he gets the call up, too. So he's a Spurs-type player. And he got the summer league opportunity, right, to shine. And I think he did great with what he what he did over there in summer. Mezzi missed all that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so coming into training camp, I was like, well, okay, you know, like what are the Spurs going to do? Are they going to, are they going to give it to Drew? Because, but, oh, meanwhile, psych, meanwhile, Messi uh, was, was at away FIBA. at FIBA games. And, right. And, and we can talk about that. I mean, if you want to use that as, as a, as a tool to see, okay, how is he developing with the Spurs? He didn't play good. Like in the first, I don't know, three or four games, he didn't get that many minutes, I don't think. And then they just kind of right. started sucking. And then they were like, okay, well, let's let him play. And and they he balled out. 
Yeah, and he pulled out. Yeah, and he honestly looked like he was like, just give me the ball. He was like, I'll dribble it up, I'll shoot it, I'll I'll dunk it, I'll whatever. He had that nasty poster. You remember mm-hmm. that like out of bounds play from the baseline where he just oh yeah, and, ooh, that was dirty. And so you see, and he he did that a few times in San Antonio this year too. I mean, like with the Spurs, he mm-hmm. he had a few dunks here and there. So he's shown some things, you know. But I feel like circumstantial because of his injury first, then because of his contract maybe, and and the the whole weighing out Drew. And he got mm-hmm. put down here again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, man, I don't want to stay two-way contract guy. I need run. I need to I need to earn. It's not going to be here. I, I need an opportunity because, hey, man, I mean, let's think about it for real. He's Nigerian, right? I don't know if he's here yeah. on a visa or whatever. So he's going to try to keep, you know, trying to do what he can to get work and to keep improving himself on that, on that kind of mindset. And so I think it's justified for him to feel a little bit slighted. But at the same time, you don't voice it like you said you don't do that you act professional you keep your head like you do what you said you're supposed to do you know right. he's he, you know he needs to take his own advice there a little bit um with this growing ground stuff but i don't hate it i don't hate you know Messi's gonna stick around and, and maybe the reason he feels slighted is because he is already on a pro contract right he's mm. not he's not two-way he's yeah. an actual spur um who has mm. spent the majority of his two years in Austin, in Austin yeah. right? And so mm-hmm. he was a second, he was a draft pick, mm-hmm. right? He's a second yeah. round draft second pick. Round. Mm-hmm. Uh, he earned, you know, whereas Quinn got, you know, a two-way contract, they actually signed Messi to a real three-year deal mm-hmm. um, as a second round pick. So he, he might've felt that his future was a little bit brighter mm-hmm. um, than kind of what it's turned out to be for these first two years. And he's really flashed a lot of potential. Um, when you look at, both Chemezi and Drew, they're both 6'9", mm-hmm. right? Um, to me, Chemezi is the better prospect mm-hmm. because of the athleticism that he brings and the versatility to his game. Uh, if you watch Austin games, uh, that's where he seems to really feel comfortable mm-hmm. is in Austin. And, and I don't know if that's a great thing for a pro prospect, because this is the developmental league, it's the G League, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, for you to feel really comfortable and, and, and be nailing three-pointers, uh, clutch from mid-range, you know, he almost averaged a double-double. Uh, I believe, you know, I did a stats rundown this last, uh, just about a week ago mm-hmm. um, for my latest piece uh, with Project Spurs. And um, you know, he, was, he was there hovering right around a double-double. Um, and then you kind of, you know, just fall to the wayside when you're giving your opportunities uh, with San Antonio. But he he is the better prospect. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree. I agree. He's he's not maybe you know I understand that now you know in the NBA we're calling six foot nine a center. Yeah. <laughs> because that's a, a, a you know small ball is going mm-hmm. really heavy across the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jakob to me is still that true five seven foot. One. Yeah. You know you yeah. can't you can't you can't teach size yeah um you you can teach a player with size but you can't teach a small guy how to have size um you know and drew kind of falls into that one trick pony yeah you know he's i love him because he's aggressive like you said he's a team player Uh he he embodies a spur Mm -hmm. right when we talk about you know is he a spur is he not a spur he is a spur Mm -hmm. unfortunately he his game is one dimensional you know he doesn't really shoot from the mid-range I did a piece highlighting Drew Eubanks back in February. Mm-hmm. He has never, never attempted a three-point shot. In today's NBA, 
Like I'm, I'm talking about in three years at Oregon yeah. State and in two years <laughs> at the G League level, he has never attempted a three-point shot. Didn't didn't he hit one? No. You know, didn't he hit one here at the end of the season? He shot if, one. If I know. He, he, well, maybe he, he, put, he shot one. If he put one up after after that story went up, but as, as yeah, of, it, it definitely probably was. It was it was definitely in the last like four. Six games of the season. Okay, you know well, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So then, then it's then it's very. He, he might have read my story <laughs> and be like, be like, hell, dude, I'm getting called out for not shooting threes. I want to say it was like against Charlotte. I think you know it was like towards the end. Okay, because uh, that story went out. You know, towards the end of February. Yeah. Uh, obviously, basketball got canceled on on like March 15th or whatever. But um, but yeah, as as of the time of that story, he had never shot. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking about zero attempts. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's what makes it so funny. He, I think he hit it. That's why I'm saying he's one for one. It's like, don't shoot anymore, Drew. <laughs> don't shoot anymore. But he 100%. has to. The, the, the flip side of that is he has to. Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. today's NBA. You yes. have to be able to space the floor. You have to be able to mm-hmm. stretch the floor. And if you're already slower than, than the next guy coming up the floor, you really need to be able to you know carry the shot, come up late, you get the ball, chuck a three up, and you're good to go. You know, you nail it and you turn around and run back the other way. Um, Chemezi can do those things. Chemezi can do those in Austin. In Austin. In Austin, yeah. he can yeah. do those things. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen him do it yet uh, with the Spurs. Um, maybe, I don't, maybe he's not feeling confident. Whatever it is, I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, you know, but if, if you want to talk about quotes, you know, for, for Chemezi feeling slighted mm-hmm. in his opportunity, somebody else who should feel slighted would be Lonnie Walker the fourth, mm-hmm. right? Because last year, yeah, as a first round, you know, it, it, we all think that all Spurs first rounders should feel slighted because mm-hmm. here you are, you 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 know, you're showing that you're one of the best thirty coming, you know, twenty nine coming out this year, yeah. Um, so let me go for it. Let me show you what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is relegated to the G League last year, mm-hmm. right? And and that can feel very slightful. Um, but his quote, I think it's right there at the first episode, man. Yeah. He, he comes out and he says, everybody wants to play in the big leagues. And mm-hmm. you see guys your age playing and everything. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have your times where you're like, dang, I should be able to play. But you know this is a different organization. You're looking out for your greater good longevity, you know, and he goes on. That's how Chemezi should be feeling. Everything Lonnie said right there, and he bought and I understand he got his cake, right? He only yeah. had to spend a year down there and he's right in the league. Um Chemezi came out in that same draft with them. Yeah. And and here he is looking for his opportunity. Man, they had a great they had a great bond that year one. Man, I really liked what Chemezi did in his first year with Austin. When after his first season going in, you know, I was really excited about Summer League. That's why I was really unfortunate that he went down because he had shown in Austin that he can be a prototypical five in this in this in this NBA. He's athletic enough to stay in front of smaller guys. He can shoot. Uh, he can just kind of fit that role in defensively as well. It feels like, mm-hmm. but you know, so I, I really liked what they did together. And it's funny, yeah, the, the Lonnie Walker quote. Um, I'm doing right now. It's like I haven't, I have never said it. So right now is for the first time. I'm, I'm gonna reveal what I'm doing next or whatever. My next film room for for Project Spurs, and it's gonna be like a little mini doc. I talked to Joe Garcia about it the other day, but uh, it's gonna be a little mini documentary on uh, Lonnie Walker's second year, 
right? This okay. season, right? And but before right. before I talk about it, you gotta you gotta explain what happened in year one, right? So episode one, obviously, that's where we're right. going. But but to me, and, I, and not to give too much of it away or whatever, but year one for Lonnie was to me is it, it wasn't necessarily about his his game. I mean, obviously, he needed the he needed the work on the defense. He needed to put it all together. But me, it was Austin provided like him the opportunity to build his body right because he had just come off the injury get the injury in miami it was like if, if so if you're spurs you know those are red flags you're like hey there's an issue here let's take care of it now you know what i mean and you know what that means that yes you're you're defaulted to austin for your first like almost whole season right pretty much um right. he really only got a few ticks in, in year one um but i feel like that's what austin did for lonnie you know what i mean so so he is he always stays humble. That's the one thing I love about all of his interviews. He's always about patience. Patience is a word that comes out of his mouth a lot. You know what I mean? Because he understands. He's bought in. You know, mm-hmm. he's completely bought in. Now, Chemezi, you know, who came in the draft with him, you know, I, I don't I don't think he's all that bought in. Uh, I think he wants to be. You know, I don't, I don't think it's not that he doesn't want to be. I think he wants to be bought in, but he's hungry, you know, and he's a competitor too, and it's it's dilemma it really is you know but that's um that's one of the challenges of, of a g league right and having having those kinds of players um uh, this weekend uh the there's a, a organization called coaches clinic um and i actually caught wind to this from spurs give which used to be spurs give back oh, um and mm-hmm. so uh they had tweeted out that landry fields Who's the general manager of the Austin Spurs? Did you, did you know that before the before the series came out? I did. Okay, I yeah, did. So I, I, yeah, I'm not. I did. I was. That was a surprise to me. I was like, Landry Fields is our GM. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, I like that. Yeah. I did actually. You know, um, you know, we brushed in passing when I went to uh, the home opener for the Austin Spurs last year. Um, you know, it, props to you know the ticketing across the organization for the Spurs because. When we called for tickets up at you know ATB Center at Cedar Park, mm-hmm. 